All right. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for participating this evening. We are gathering here tonight for the Archangel Michael Global Transmission. And I'm Reverend Anna Jones, and I want to thank everybody for coming and participating live. Uh, it always is uh, such a pleasure to be able to experience this together live uh, with each other. Um, but it will be recorded, which is why I just, uh, just announced that the recordings have been started. And um, the recording will be uh, sent out within... You know, three to seven, you know, sometimes it's been taking me a little bit longer, but I'm getting faster these days, um, uh, business days, and everybody who is registered will be sent an email when it is up. Um, the fastest way to get it, however, when it's up is through iTunes because it is, the recordings are released through um, podcast, through my Celestial Voice podcast. So Celestial Voice with Anna Jones or with Reverend Anna Jones uh, on iTunes is the fastest way to get the podcast when they're uploaded and they're available. So that's um, one way you can get it. And the other way is to just wait for the email to go out. And when I send the email out, that means that the podcast is also um, going to be up on my website at that time as well, available for download onto the web, uh, from the website or listening from the website. And again, it will be on the podcast page of AnnaJonesOnline.com, which is um, where you all signed up for this evening. So um, thank you uh, for, again, participating live. But if you don't get a chance to listen to it in its entirety, you can always finish listening to it in its recording. Um, it's always best to not just be a listener when um, experiencing these transmissions from Archangel Michael. Uh, the guidance and instruction that the angels have given to me is that it's best for everybody to be a participant and not just an observer or a listener. And by participating, um, I mean the following through the instructions to go through the process that I'm going to lead us all in tonight. And that process was given to me many years ago. Um, I've been professionally, um, you know, uh, as an interfaith minister uh, since 1993, practicing professionally even before that, before I became an interfaith minister since 1990. Um, but really, my story with the angels goes all the way back into my childhood, um, basically being able to always feel uh, a connection and a communication um, that I just remember always being there at every stage of my life. Uh, and special, I always like to offer special thanks and gratitude to my, to my great-grandmother um, who raised me and uh, who very much taught me that um, the angels are ever-present and taught me that we can talk to God and God can talk to us. We can talk to the angels, and the angels can talk to us. Um, so I always like to include her uh, and, and give uh, thanks to her for uh, very much uh, helping me to uh, maintain that connection and um, always uh, feel confident in being able to grow in that relationship with the divine and with these uh, divine, amazing beings of love and light, um, which are the, the beings of the angelic realm. And um, there's a lot more information about myself on my bio page of my website. So um, if you want to read more about some of my experience there um, and in some of the other um, 
uh, in some of the other uh, podcast recordings, uh, you'll actually hear more descriptions in the intro sections of myself and my background and uh, the long history that I have of uh, working with both the angelic realm, with energy healing, um, with being a, a, a healer as well as an angel uh, facilitator, angel channel. So um, there's four part, there's three parts to my ministry. You'll also hear me describe uh, those more elaborately in detail in the introductions of some of those other podcasts so I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over it again but um, of the three parts of my ministry this part of my ministry is by far the part that I have um, the largest following the largest interest um, especially through the Archangel Michael and Legion of Light Facebook group and where I have an opportunity to meet many of you who join in and participate in these um, the, these transmissions and these teleconferences. So again, if you're a part of that Archangel Michael Legion of Light Facebook group, welcome. Uh, and um, it's great to connect in all kinds of varieties of ways. Um, and I'm going to be doing even more, you know, new and expanded things through that group in the coming months and the coming uh, new year of 2022 once that comes around. Um, and I will be also posting uh, the podcast link up there on that Archangel Michael and Legion of Light Facebook page uh, once that's done. And there's uh, like almost it's like almost half a million followers uh, that are on that Archangel Michael and Legion of Light page. So uh, it'll be widely circulated through there. So um, I'm not going to, like I said, go into much more detail about myself, my history. I will say that um, I have felt called to this service that it's not something that I feel that I chose, um, but that the angels chose me uh, is very much how I see it. I also see myself as a courier for the messenger of the messengers. And... um, Uh, uh, or a courier and a messenger of the messengers. So angel um, means messenger. So they are the messengers and I'm just a courier or a messenger for those, for those messengers. I also see myself as a, as a modern mystic. Many of these experiences that I've had that have developed um, this work to the point where it is now uh, for these transmissions to come through have uh, has developed through years of mystical experiences that I've had way too many to tell <laughs> uh, in, 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 in one story, definitely uh, even in, in multiple books, um, but many of these transmissions that I'm uh, that I've brought through in recent years uh, through the, the collective work, through the global transmission work, I am working on being able to put into uh, written form also, um, working on putting them into what will ultimately probably be books. Uh, in the meantime, um, if you are interested in studying these transmissions further uh, first of all you can hear all of them not just this one up on the podcast um, up on the website podcast where the Celestial Voice podcast is listed or on iTunes Celestial Voice podcast you'll see all of them listed all the ones that have been in this series uh, so you can go through and not just listen to this one but you can listen to all the previous ones both in this this year's series last year's series and even some from other time periods other messages from other time periods so you can listen to all those 
those podcasts there. But if you're interested in looking more closely, working more detailed with them, then I'm also um, leading an Archangel Michael study group where we study these messages that come through on the 20th of each month. However, there's only going to be um, tonight's transmission and one more transmission this year unless Archangel Michael um, tells me otherwise or guides me otherwise. Uh, This is the series, uh, dates of series. Uh, It was from the spring equinox to the fall equinox that he said date-wise would be this series. Um, I'll be asking him if he wants to do anything on the summer solstice because he's almost always asked me to do these um, transmissions on the uh, to, to facilitate the channelings on um, either the this, this equinoxes or the solstices. In fact, they used to be just exclusively on that until last year, and there's just been so much going on last year, this year, uh, that he has um, asked for it to be monthly and it did a series of uh, monthly transmissions last year, a series of monthly transmissions this year. So we'll see if there's going to be one on the winter solstice or not. I will um, send an email notice out to everybody but this uh tonight um on the 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 20th of august and the 20th of september are the final two that are scheduled in this series so be sure to mark your calendar to also participate we'll send you some email reminders as well um uh, that because everybody gets signed up basically for uh all of the ones in the series so even if you just signed up to join tonight you'll get an email reminder but that because the last one in the series is next month um and you'll get an email reminder reminding you that it'll be happening and that one will be for the fall um, equinox usually there's some um, sacred time or celestial uh, events or cosmic events associated with why he's even chosen a date um, I believe that the uh, reason why and this is my intuition about it and some things that he's indicated in the messages why he's chosen to uh, have the date of the 20th of every month be the time period of the messages is because that's when the Sun goes that it's it's the time period within usually the 24-hour time period of which the sun transitions from one zodiac sign into another zodiac sign so there's totally different cosmological influences in fact in Western astrology which is the most common form of astrology here used in the United States um, from the astrological uh, standpoint not astronomical but from the astrological standpoint the uh, zodiac uh, sign that the um, the sun is transitioning into is the sign of Virgo so we're leaving Leo going into Virgo uh, within this time period just literally today tomorrow uh, that time period uh, astronomically uh, it's different because Western astrology is not true astronomically um, there's a, 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 a long story behind that it's something else for a whole other time to get into and explain and understand but um, they've not been uh, aligned uh, Western astrology hasn't been astronomically uh, aligned or astronomically uh, positioned uh, for many 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 hundreds of years now so um, but it still very much applies energetically and the feeling of uh, the seasons especially uh, oftentimes Western astrology considered to be 
um, tropical. It's called tropical astrology because it has it's like a seasonal astrology, and it has to do very much with the stages of the sun within the seasons, and that's why we always feel it to be uh, still accurate, even though it's not astronomically aligned. So um, this, because the seasons and the, the stages of the sun going through the seasons, we still very very much uh, experience that. So uh, the um, the the other thing about uh, the this particular one, uh, this particular transmission, uh, when I was um, tuning into why, uh, other than just the fact that you know the sun transitioning from one zodiac sign to another zodiac sign. Um, what else maybe uh, you know this transmission may be preparing us for or helping us energetically with because there's also uh, light transmissions and light activations that he says that he does um, with us and uh, that he sends to everybody on the planet whether they're participating in this or not um, he uses it as an opportunity to basically do light work to do energy work to do light activation and light transmissions to the whole planet and to all beings um, so so the, the other thing that I tuned into that it felt like this particular one is in preparation of is this Sunday's full moon, which is a very powerful one. Um, this particular one is a blue moon, but it's it's rare even amongst blue moons. Um, we, you know, every blue moon, <laughs> we, we, we rarely, but, period, but, rarely but periodically um, have blue moons. Most of the time when blue moons occur, it's two full moons occurring in one calendar month. Um, this, rare, this blue moon is more rare than that um, because it is uh, four full moons occurring within one season. Um, and usually there's three full moons per season, per you know, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Um, and this is the extra one. <laughs> so uh, that's the best way to explain it. That's the best way, easiest way for all of us to be able to understand it. So instead of there being, all right, I hope I didn't just, okay, um, I think everything's good. Um, I hit a button. I wasn't supposed to be, hit a button, <laughs> so apologize for that. Uh, so instead of there being three, there's going to be there's going to be four um, full moons, and this is a double. Uh, it's also considered to be a double full moon because it's uh, two full moons in a row now that are occurring in the same uh, part of the zodiac. And, and again, in Western astrology, it is two full moons occurring in um, the sign of Aquarius, and Aquarius is the sign of change. Um, so it's a very much a summer of change with there being this much uh, full moon activity in the sign of Aquarius, with there being this additional um, seasonal uh, full moon, blue moon that is uh, being there with the four, four full moons. Um, and so also whenever there is full moons, we know that energies are amplified. So when you add, <laughs> that w when we're experiencing extra ones within one season, then that also means that there's extra amplification. So the changes that we're going through are all being amplified. So the um, the questions, uh, there's a process the angels gave me. Um, I, I, I always like to follow that process very strictly until they tell me otherwise or upgrade it otherwise. Um, they always told me to never proceed without questions. So I'm going to start now uh, in terms of uh, the subject of the blue moon put
puts questions in my mind. Um, and so I'll put forth one of the questions that I would like to ask Archangel Michael about tonight is um, if there's anything particular that is about this blue moon or the rest of the summer season, because there will still be another full moon within the summer. So this isn't the last full moon of the summer. This is the extra full moon, the additional full moon within the summer season. So this is actually the third of the four, but this is the additional one. So if there's anything extra uh, that he wants to say in addition to whatever other, um, you know, there's been kind of a message themes, so to speak, that he's been speaking about all throughout the series. Um, but if he wants to say or prepare um, or, you know, do any energy work or light activation or meditation or anything for us uh, to help us with these energies that, um, again, are amplifying lots of changes and things things that are um, being stirred, things that we haven't completed yet that we thought maybe we were complete uh, in this time of emergence that he's talking about, hoping that we were like done and now we're not, you know, now we're complete. So, you know, now we can move on. Well, obviously um, we're still learning and transforming and, and going through so much of what we have to learn and transform. And that's part of what's emerging too, because his biggest theme of this series, if I were to talk title this series every time, which is why I ask about it every time. Um, he's been speaking about this year of emergence that we are in. In fact, I wanted to tell everybody that um, when I was meditating uh, with Archangel Michael uh, yesterday, I was in my meditation. Uh, I had just got done uh, doing a, a, a private one-on-one uh, session in which Archangel Michael came through and um, was speaking personally to one of my clients, and I offer those private one-on-one sessions regularly through my website. Um, but Archangel Michael came through, and he was speaking, um, and afterwards uh, I was reflecting, and I was thinking about his messages about this year of emergence, and I felt him very strongly, clairaudiently communicate to me to remind me that he started speaking about the year of emergence and that we didn't really begin this time of emergence until the spring equinox. Um, and it was, but prior to that, like any other messages prior to that, were not about um, this time of emergence. So, uh, and that he wanted me to uh, remind everybody of that and to make it clear that the year of emergence he's talking about is not the calendar year of 2021, but the year of emergence is from spring equinox to spring equinox that he was saying and making that very clear to me in my meditation yesterday that the year of emergence that he's speaking of is from spring equinox when that energy began to shift this year um, all the way to spring equinox of 2022 I asked him if it would be extending beyond that Uh, there was a possibility it seemed of it extending beyond that but it's like a minimum like a minimum time period of equinox to equinox for what he's referring to as this year of emergence and um, of course we all think of the situation that our world and our country is in with the pandemic and there have been questions that have been asked about you know that and and if there's um, you know if we're truly emerging from that he assures us that we are regardless of what uh, circumstances may be or what continues to emerge and arise uh, that may feel like we are going backwards he still says that we are we are going forward so one of my 
questions that I would put out there um, for him on that is if there's any more that he would like to speak of or reveal about that. I feel that each one of the things that he's been talking about thematically, other than the emergence, he's also been talking about virtues that we all need to use and apply. The last message um, was very powerful in that he was um, encouraging, it was really a call, a plea from Archangel Michael calling us to unite together, unite our energies, um, and to uh, act in unity consciousness. Um, and I sensed from that message also that uh, we, that he sensed, he knew how hard it was going to be for us and how much we're struggling uh, as a culture, as a society, as well as uh, a human species, um, how much we're struggling with um, being in that unity consciousness. So I would like to ask him, again, these are my questions that I'm putting out there, and then I'm going to get to some questions that were submitted from the study group. But um, I would like to ask him if there's any further guidance or insight that he would like to give us as to um, you know, if we can't be in unity yet, um, and how we get there is through unity consciousness, does he want to give us any more guidance or insight information and follow up to that last message as to how? Um, there's definitely some things that he teaches in that last message as to how, um, but a lot of it is about the, the need, the necessity, and how even when we're not in unity, we can get to that through being in unity consciousness. So, um, and by each one of us being in unity consciousness, we will get to unity so um, and by unity it doesn't mean everybody's the same <laughs> no way shape or form just go listen to his messages on individual yet indivisible how we are simultaneously one and yet very different and very unique um, and very individual so we're one and we're individual so just listen to any in the series for his his teachings on that but I just love for him to explain more about how in fact um, I will bring in one of the questions uh, from the study group member um, here in which one of the questions is does Archangel can Archangel Michael tell us more about unity consciousness and how it relates to the I am presence um, and how do we relate to this how do we relate to unity consciousness how does it pertain to the I am presence um, that's a question submitted by one of my Archangel Michael study group members which is a very good question. Um, I, I feel like it fits very much with what I'm asking too. It's like how how do we um, you know relate to it uh, more more precisely? Can it be more precise in how we achieve that unity conscious? But I like this question here about how it also relates to the I am presence, um, which is the individual uh, part of the soul. So um, I think there's some guy answers to that question. By the way, um, I, I do think there's some answers that he gives in that last podcast of transmission on on a call to unite um so I think listening to it a little bit more carefully, looking more closely there will give some answers, but I would also like to hear him uh, if he can. Um, again, he can pick and choose, right? So the, the, the process that they said is a never approach without questions, so I just put out as many questions as I possibly can as to whatever is on my mind and whatever I think and follow up to what he's been doing in the series. And then I asked people in my study group to submit, and that was one of the questions uh, people who, who participate in the study group are allowed uh, to 
to email me their, their questions for these global transmissions. So um, one more question from me, and then I'll get to the rest of the questions. There's only uh, three more from the study group members. And again, he can answer all of these, or again, he might just choose to answer only a small number. Um, so one of my other questions, <laughs> interestingly, um, you know, I always want him to, in addition to talk about anything that we need for the, this uh, full moon, for the rest of the season, for the rest of this time period of the year of emergence, um, you know, in addition to following up on anything that he's been speaking about, about unity consciousness. Uh, he's been on a theme. Uh, there's been several themes, like I said, in this series. Um, he's also been on a theme for quite a long time now of speaking to us about the virtues, but in a very unique way. Uh, again, if you haven't listened to the previous transmissions, you'll hear, you'll see some of what, how it's, they're very unique teachings on the subject of the virtues. So unity, he actually spoke to us about last time because it's also one of the virtues, but it's the virtue we need uh, as a part of this emergence. Um, so and we need to all be working with in order to emerge and, and, and serve. And he was talking about, oh yeah, so he was talking about service is also one of the, one of the virtues that he's spoken about, not last time, but previous, in previous messages. And so this was another one of my questions. So He's, he's talked about several times now serving what is emerging um, and that it wasn't, it wasn't all going to be stuff that we liked. Right? Everything that's emerging is coming up for a reason. There is definitely a higher plan. There is definitely a higher purpose. Um, there's definitely things that we're learning, transformations that are meant to take place, things that we're meant to transcend and transmute and transform, um, but uh, that we weren't going to like necessarily. It wasn't all going to be uh, just, just cool, great stuff, you know, we weren't going to like everything that was going to be emerging, but regardless, uh, whatever was emerging, that we should serve. That we should serve it. We should we should do whatever we can to it, whatever's emerging to to serve, to help, to assist, to uh, to to either advance or resolve or uh, be a uh, a solution, so to speak, a ser- serving towards a solution, etc. And so I would also like to say, is there anything further he wants to elaborate as to how we can best be of service other than using the virtues, which has been the main thing that he's been teaching us about how to best be of service, to use the virtues, apply the virtues, live the virtues, and then him talking about the virtues as these powerful um, tools for reconciling um, opposites and um, also as divine energies, divine qualities and traits uh, that are divine energies that we can tap into, that we can be instruments for, and that we can use to co-create in this reality. We must use to co-create in this reality, not just think about them, not just talk about them, not just idealize them, but to actually live them. This has been his message theme as well. Um, and so the virtue that he, he wants me to ask about today, because he actually gave me this information yesterday during the private session with the client, uh, he literally asked in that session to, uh, he just kind of threw it in there to, to have me ask um, about the virtue of peace and um, to, uh, you know, just ask him to explain, uh, describe to us um, the virtue of peace. And so I'll ask him 
uh, please tell us whatever you want to share with us regarding that virtue, um, as well as how we can use that virtue to uh, co-create what we need during this um, time of emergence and this time of uh, healing and transformation. And um, it just it'll put it out there, anything, anything that he wants to say on the subject of peace, um, ask him to please do so. Okay, so that ends my questions. Uh, now we're at the questions that um, there's three more, three more questions. I'll just read through them real quickly. That was submitted by the study group members. One is, can Archangel tell us more about what aspect of us has free will? Uh, does it begin with the soul, or is it associated just with our incarnations, or something else? So that's one of the questions being put out there. And then another question is, is there a part of us that is divinely orchestrated? more basic, essential, or earlier part of us, for lack of better words. Let's see. Part of us that is yeah, for a kind of portal or opening for divinity to flow even before we are soul with a story. That's an interesting question. So um, not on the topics that I was asking. Yeah, these are totally different questions than the topics that I was asking, but very good questions. So we're just going to put them out there, which is what he tells, they, they tell me to do uh, in this process, and we're just going to see what they, what they have to say about them. Um, and then the final question submitted from the study group member, and then we're going to go ahead and get started uh, with the transmission itself, is uh, could Archangel Michael explain the concept of how observation affects reality in quantum theory? What a question. Um, and how can we best use this in manifesting our personal and collective dharma? This is very scientifically worded here. Um, so could Archangel Michael explain the concept of how observation affects reality in quantum theory and how we can best use this in manifesting our personal and collective dharma? So we're just going to put those questions out there and let him pick and choose what he wants to respond to, how deeply he wants to respond to any of it. And that completes everything that I wanted to say and share with you. Um, I encourage you all to do also a little bit more uh, reading about this particular full moon um, and uh, ways in which you might gain some insight from it. And I also encourage you to make sure on the full moon, which is Sunday, um, that you're going to take some time, at least some time, to uh, release some of the old, set some new intentions, uh, use it for always good on, on sacred times to use it as a time for prayer, meditation, contemplation. Oh, and if there's a meditation, any kind of meditation or spiritual practice that he recommends uh, for this, either this full moon or um, the rest of the summer season, etc. Because he has been giving us actually some quite profound, beautiful meditations in this series of messages, especially the last two messages. There have been some beautiful meditations. Okay. I think that gets us through that whole thing. So they told me to never approach without questions, and there's no limit to those questions, so now we're done with those. And then now we're going to go through the formal process um, that the angels gave me decades ago. Um, And that process is four things done in five steps. Uh, So the four things are um, praising, asking, thanking, and receiving. So praising, asking, thanking, receiving are the four things uh, done in five steps. Think of it as a circle or think of it like uh, like a clock and we're going to be like, you know, we're going to be going through the steps like the clock's hands would be going around the the, the circle of the clock. Um, Asking. 
thanking, uh, praise, sorry, praising, asking, thanking, and receiving, and then back to praising again. So if you thought of praising being up at that 12 o'clock position on the clock, uh, we would basically kind of come full circle back to that. So praising, asking, thanking, and receiving, and then back to praising again to come full circle. So this is um, the process, uh, and I'm going to guide us through it each step of the way. The, um, the, the, the praise chant that I use and I always use, again, and do this process the same every time because it's very powerful and they say it won't just work, it won't just work for me, it'll work for other people too. Um, and uh, that's another reason why they encourage it to be done because it, it, it will um, help and assist everybody else as well. So um, the praise chant that we're going to use for the praising portion is um, a chant of Mikael, Mikael, Mikael. So this is Michael's name uh, in a different pronunciation and translation. So um, his name in English, we pronounce it as Michael, but in, there's many other languages, many other pronunciations, translations of the name. Um, and so the, the pronunciation translation I use uh, for this ch- praise chant is Mikael, 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 L, uh, like you see in Raphael, Gabriel, Uriel, um, Haniel, etc., etc., etc. El is an ancient Hebrew name for God, and um, the name Michael, or and all of its pronunciations, Michael, Michelle, Michael, all those uh, pronunciations and more, um, where it's the L sound vibration in it um, is uh, containing that ancient Hebrew name for God. So we're not just invoking Archangel Michael by by chanting that in the praise chant. We are in invoking all that is like unto God because Michael's name is an invocation not just for him uh, the, 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 the archangel who is the leader of the archangels but for uh, when we say the name the name literally means the name literally translates uh, he or all who is like unto God um, and uh, so we're, we're invoking all of the the, the divine qualities uh, like like God and and, and like of God's energy um, and presence, and as well as through the presence, through the name L, through the actual presence in there, and then um, the rest of the praise chant after three Mikael, Mikael, Mikael um, will be Adonai. Elohim, also names for the divine um, from Hebrew tradition. Adonai Elohim will be um, just repeated there. And um, then Adonai again, followed by Eloheinu, and then Mikael, Mikael, Mikael again. So that's the full chant. So Mikael, 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 Adonai Elohim, Adonai Eloheinu, Mikael, Mikael, Mikael. That's the chant. That's the praise chant. And it's true praise not just by sounding the sacred sound vibrations of the sacred divine names, but it's true praise when we put our heart into it, when we put love into it. That's really what makes praise praise is if it's done as an act of, act of love. So really to, to, to chant along with me, um, either silently or out loud, uh, again, being a participant in the process, not just an observer or a listener in the process, but in a participant in the process, you're going to get the best experience. You can even, a lot of people who, 
over the years that I've been doing these global transmissions, um, people have reported to me, so many people have reported to me that they really feel a connection with Archangel Michael during the time that, it, that they're listening to it in the recordings and especially for those of you participating live, uh, really being able to you know, palpably feel energy or palpably feel his presence or palpably feel as if like there's points in which he's directly talking to to you um, even though he's talking to all of us uh, that that connection can be that strong if you really truly go through the whole process follow along with it and and and, and experience it the way that 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 he's that the angels have given me this process for you to experience it so after um, I'll do I'll just sing it out loud and again you can either join with me out loud or silently after I've done it several times and I'm feeling that energy flowing really strongly and feeling that connection very happening very strongly uh, then I'll guide us from the praising directly into the asking uh, which is the invocation portion in which um, I'll take us kind of step by step through that uh, guided invocation um, asking Archangel Michael for help with these questions etc and then I'll take us straight from the asking to flow just smoothly seamlessly into the gratitude portion which is the thanking um, and be able to offer silent prayers of gratitude uh, during that time period and I'll just guide us through that uh, but it's something you could do silently or out loud as you're going along with us. Um, and then I'll guide you to go into the receiving again if you're fully participating. Really allowing yourself to relax and receive is the instruction of the angels. Not taking notes, not uh, doing other things, and, you know, but, but again, for the full transmission, energy work, light activation, full experience, uh, not just hearing the, the, the teachings or the wisdom that's being imparted, but for the full reception of the energy, uh, being in that receptive state so that you can fully receive that um, and so relax as I'm going to be guiding when I guide you to do so just go into a quiet meditative listening state and stay in that meditative listening state all during the time that the vocal part of the transmission is happening it's not just the vocal transmission that's happening though um, these are called global transmissions they're called transmissions because it's not just a message uh, there is all of this energy that he's sending through through the message and the words themselves, which gets definitely transferred through the recordings as well. But there's all this energy that is sending live during the time that this is happening to each of us individually, one-on-one, making that one-on-one connection with you. And then there's all this energy that is actually sending to the earth and all beings, as I said earlier. So um, we're going to let ourselves receive that. I'll be the, voc- the, the, the one bringing through the vocal part of the transmission, but I'm, I'm also just so aware of how it's occurring on so many many other levels and in so many other ways and so many other places that the energy is flowing to. So then um, once it's finished uh, with the vocal part of the transmission and and his full transmission is done, um, I will bring us back out of the meditation. I like to actually slip in a little gratitude at the end as we're returning back to the praise because I always just feel so much gratitude. I want to express that also at the end. Um, So I'll have us express just whatever gratitude we want to express silently or out loud. Again, you're all muted, so you don't have to worry about anybody else hearing you um, and then I'll have us do the pr- return back, fo- finish the process, comp- 
come full circle back to praise again. But when we come back to praise again, it's going to be just the Adonai Elohim by itself, and it'll be very short uh, compared to the longer version uh, of the praise chant when we're going in uh, the longer um, period of chanting and longer time for chanting. Um, and then once I'm, we're finished with the process, I'll come up, I'll bring us fully up out of the meditation. And uh, the first thing I like to do as I'm coming up out of it is share anything that I saw, heard, or felt that went along with what was being said or anything that I felt was being emphasized. Uh, and after I'm done sharing that, we'll just be, we'll be finished for the evening. Um, we'll all, uh, I'll unmute everybody. Everybody will have a chance to uh, say goodbye after I turn the recordings off and we'll be finished for the evening. So let's get ourselves comfortable. I'm going to grab a drink of water while you're all getting yourself positioned. All right. Nice, comfortable position for meditation. If you're really tired, you might want to decide to sit up, but it could be done lying down or sitting up. We're going to close our eyes. That's the first step. And then I always like to add here as we just start to close our eyes before we begin the formal process, just taking some long, slow, deep breaths to center ourselves. Just using the breath to help us relax, release and center into the moment, using the breath, center into our bodies, centering into the now. Taking some long, slow, deep breaths in order to do that. And I will begin the process. I will begin the praise chant and ask everybody to join in with me either silently or out loud. Adonai, Elohim, Adonai, Elohim, 
invocation so please join me silently in your own words and whatever way feels right to you as I take us through the steps first step is now in whatever way feels right to each of us individually to silently call upon the presence of divine love and divine light And let's ask all of us together for our light to be joined together, to be united together in a circle of love and a circle of light. No matter where we are around the world, in time or in space, that we be united together through our light and in the light of the angels and the light of the divine and the light of God. and that we be protected and connected in this circle, through this circle, and by the divine love and light that flows to us and through us. Now I want each one of us individually to call upon Archangel Michael silently, again in whatever way feels right to you, but to call upon him by name. Ask for him to be fully present with us here today in our circle of light. To be fully present in helping us and assisting us in our personal lives and in all of our lives collectively. Ask him to assist us for everything that is happening, occurring both personally, collectively here on earth. 
because we want to honor that even though the archangels are always playing this role, that they are able to do more when they are asked. So we humbly ask. And we humbly ask him to hear the questions that have been put forth here today by me and by the others that have come through. And to give us any guidance and information and any healing and transformation and light activation that he possibly can that we need at this time in regards to these things or in regard to anything else that even has not been asked here today. And we certainly want to give him permission to speak freely about anything that he feels is for our highest good and for the highest good of all. And we're going to move into the thanking. So we want to fill ourselves with gratitude. We're going to let our hearts just fill with the feeling of gratitude and be very, very grateful, feel grateful for all that Archangel Michael is, all that he does, the role that he plays in our personal lives, known and unknown to us, the role that he plays in our world, known and unknown to us. Just let ourselves be filled with gratitude for that and take the opportunity. Again, whatever way it feels right to you to silently send out that gratitude. Thanking Archangel Michael for all that he does, all that he is, conscious or unconscious, known and unknown, personally and collectively. And then we're going to expand that gratitude and expand our thankfulness even more. We're going to Next, send out a silent prayer of thankfulness directly to the divine for all of the blessings of life, for all the blessings in our life, for all of the blessings of this world and for life in this world. It's very important. I feel that we be grateful for life in this world and the life of this world. So let's send out our Gratitude directly to the divine and whatever personal prayers feel right to us. And then we're finished now with the thanking and we're moving now into the receiving. And so we're going to deepen our breathing again, just taking some more long, slow, deep breaths, letting ourselves relax even more now. I want you to just relax into a quiet, meditative, listening state and just receptive state, be in a meditative, receptive state to receive all that is being transmitted to you personally and collectively. I'm going to go deeper now into my silent meditation. Until the next words that start coming through will be the vocal part of the transmission and we'll just all stay in silence all throughout that message transmission until it's finished at the end. 
deep peace I transmit to you and connect you with at this time. Allow yourselves to be lifted into a transcendent peace and deepened into your eternal inner peace. Deep peace of the sacred earth. Deep peace of the ancient forests. Deep peace of the fluid flowing tide. Deep peace of the calm and still waters. Deep peace of the crystalline essence. Deep peace of the still but life-giving breath. Moving and flowing. Rising and falling. Connecting now with the deep peace of warmth, of light, This energy of deep peace to all of you. As you're hearing these words, when you're hearing these words, open yourself to experience it. They're not just words. Allow the peace that is within you to spring forth, to flow forth. And the peace that is the source of all peace 
divine peace that is all-encompassing. and unconditional. Allow it to be flowing in you, moving in you, present in you, because it already is in you. Be at peace, be in peace, be the presence and frequency and vibration of peace, be the living conduit and instrument. for peace in your life and in the world. This is a meditation. It is a spiritual practice in and of itself. living the virtues, applying them in every way in your life and how you live and what you say and what you do and how you think and how you feel. Applying them is amongst the master level spiritual practices. that can ever be done. And most spiritual practices from every religion and spiritual tradition of the world in some way, shape, or form is designed to help you do just that. To help you live, be, be in service to, and be an instrument of the divine virtues the divine qualities, the divine gifts, the divine energy that you are all meant to co-create this reality with. The words that I have just used and spoken during the time that I'm transmitting the energy with them They also indicate to you that it is a choice. There is always the existence of the divine virtues within you, divine peace, the transcendent, eternal, all-encompassing, ever-present peace of the divine, it resides in you, exists in you already. 
So where does free will come into that equation? If it's already there, if it's already existing in you, the peace that you want in yourselves, the peace that you want in your lives, the peace that you want in your relationships, the peace that you want in your nation and in your societies, in your cultures, in your politics and and how nation to nation relates to each other and how all of the diversity of groups and races and so many different people and entities and beings all interact with each other. The peace that you want on earth, if it is all right there, available, You don't have to make it. You don't have to create the energy of it. But you do have to serve it. You have to be an instrument for it, and you have to serve it. And so that is where free will comes in. You choose what you serve. When you serve the virtues, when you serve out of the virtues, in the virtues, in the light. You're using your free will and alignment. And that becomes your reality. Because it already is, it already exists. There are also so much greater possibility and potentiality now what many of you have used the conscious will of your mind your ego your personality so much the ego is in control of your free will but you've already used it to collapse that potential before you even tune into it before you make any other choices. For example, peace is, thus peace is possible. Because peace is and it always is and it always will be and it is eternal within you as part of the nature of your soul as a part of the nature of the divine within it always is and thus it is always possible and there's infinite potentiality for it manifested externally not just internally but also externally outwardly but it has to be expressed outwardly in order for it to be a manifest outwardly it has to be that energy that you tap into and you express it outwardly you move it outwardly 
Yet there are so many people in your world, and not just human beings, but also there are even other beings other living entities upon the earth, even in the animal kingdom, that have become so wounded by actions and choices and decisions that are not done in the virtue of peace and that are not done in any of the virtues, that are not virtuous actions in any way, shape, or form. That there have been many who have been convinced that peace is not possible and it's not probable. And there has become a great apathy as to Out of that apathy, many choosing to not even try, to not even bother. And if you can't believe that it is possible, then how could it ever be probable? Your beliefs are very powerful. They aren't more powerful than the virtues because those are divine qualities. Those are divine powers. Those are divine energies that you have to co-create with and that are there always, always, always guiding, protecting, creating with the highest will and the highest intentions. I've been attempting to bring this to light for many years now. That there needs to be a shift in believing that peace is possible. I've spoken previous messages through this channel and to and through others. And as you begin to shift into that belief that it is possible and that all things are possible and that through that divine power of peace, that source of all peace, that all things are possible, then you can begin looking at the probability. But the possibility must always, always be believed in in order to proceed forward, in order to go to the next steps, in order to help yourself and your life go to the next steps of achieving peace in your life in whatever way you want it and choose it to be present and for creating and co-creating peace in this world. And for those of you who are already at the place where you believe that peace is possible and the all possibilities of it, then there is that which is probable 
and that's where co-creation comes into play. So many factors are determining the probability of it and as probable in the way in which it can be, in the way in which it can manifest, in the way in which it can express itself. Free will definitely plays a role in that. Free will doesn't create the peace that is, the peace that always is, the peace that is always possible, the peace that is a part of the realm of all possibilities, but free will. And the choices that you make definitely determine the probability patterns as to what manifests and how it manifests and what it looks like as it's manifesting. Everything that comes from energy into form. Manifests in patterns, through patterns. One way of understanding that is possibility patterns. Another way of understanding it is probability patterns. The possibility patterns are infinite, the probability patterns are not. And all of this, these are spiritual terms and spiritual terminologies that I am using over and over again in many of my teachings, not just tonight, not just in this message, but in so many of my messages, describing the different ways that your scientists call the particle wave phenomena exists. Within the wave form exists all peace. It's the energy field that everything is part and parcel of. not just the hearts and minds and bodies and physical forms of every one of you and of everything in the material incarnated in the material field and the material energies and the material bodies, but of everything even in the energetic form from the micro to the macro. from the smallest in the micro-existence to the largest the scale of the universe and multi-dimensions and universes and how they all work and how they're all connected and how they all operate There is manifested within them what your scientists call the particle wave phenomena.
and what I have been describing in each one of these messages. Using different spiritual terminologies to help you understand it. As I've been speaking about not just recently, but for a very long time through this channel, your simultaneous oneness and difference. How you are individual and yet indivisible. That is a whole other way of using spiritual terminology to help you to understand that energetic phenomena that your scientists are discovering and that they are studying and working with from a whole different perspective that they call the particle wave phenomena. One that they don't have full comprehension of yet and you all do not have full comprehension of it yet either no matter how many spiritual teachings have been given by the greatest masters, by the greatest enlightened and illuminated and Christed ones that have walked the earth. And that have come for each one of you to show the way, to be the way showers. As all religions, as all spiritual teachings of divine origin are to illuminate the way, the truth, the light present within them all. This is the way, the truth, and the light is present within you all. It's not exclusive, it's all inclusive. No one is left outside of the whole. It is not possible to exist outside of the whole. The whole of the oneness that intertwines and interconnects you all does not cease to exist because of your individual perceptions your individual relationships with the divine, your individual understandings. In fact, if your individual relationship and understandings of the divine excludes everything and everyone else who does not think as you or believe as you, then you are needing to expand your heart. Expand into that unconditional, all-encompassing peace, unconditional, all-encompassing love that is withheld from nothing and no one. That is there for the whole. The one with a capital zero, capital O, and the one with a single O, or a lowercase O, if you are to spell it on a typewriter or on your computers. 
the one and the one. The individual and the whole. Your scientists would say the particle and the wave. As I spoke of last time, that unity already is. No matter how much you use your free will and an enormous amount of life force that humanity expends, living in the illusion of separation and trying to create separateness and divisions and polarization. All of which, by the way, divisiveness and polarizations doesn't eliminate the presence of peace, but it, it definitely, definitely makes the probability for it to be experienced, to be felt, to be dramatically less and weakened. But nothing, and no matter how much energy any of you or all of you were to put forth to strengthen the illusion of separation or to sow or create discord or disharmony, either consciously or unconsciously, because so many of you do it unconsciously, you don't even know you're doing it. But no matter how much energy, even if you put all of your energy together, even if you united all your energy together, towards that discord or towards that disharmony, for that separation, Before conflict, you still would not and could not eliminate that presence of peace. Nothing that you do or say, nothing that you choose with your free will can eliminate the presence of peace, the divine presence of peace that is always there and that is always possible Because you can't take away, you can't eliminate that which is not yours. But you can exhibit and exert an enormous amount of energy to move against it, to work against it. And there are those that are doing it consciously and unconsciously. There have been so many wise sayings and wise teachings that have been given again and again. One of them is that 
and I will reiterate it here today and go further perhaps in helping you understand it, is the teaching that peace is not the absence of conflict. That's not what it is. It's not the absence of anything. Many of you feel that you cannot feel peace, be at peace, live peace, serve peace, unless so much is absent. In meditation, not being able to feel the peace unless sound is absent or things that might distract the mind is absent. Or that anything that would disturb the quiet would be and need to be absent. Or that your world or your nation cannot be at peace unless war is absent or conflict is absent. And I am in no way, shape, or form saying that those things should ever be chosen. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that peace does not require the absence of them. And that is a blessing in and of itself. Because peace required the absence of conflict. If peace required the absence of so many things that you think have to be absent in order for you to have it, if peace required the absence of stress, think about that. If peace required the absence of stress in all of your lives, you would never have peace. There could never be peace. You could never know peace. But it doesn't require that. It doesn't require the absence of anything. Many times on my teachings about the virtues through this channel, I have been illuminating for you that there are great misunderstandings about the virtues and misinterpretations of them. And this is one of the great misinterpretations and misunderstandings that exist pretty widely amongst you. That it requires the absence of something in order for you to feel it and know it. Peace isn't the absence of conflict, it's what resolves it. Peace isn't the absence of stress. It's what allows you to be in the midst of it and still be true to yourself and still do what you have to do and still move and flow with that energy in a way that does not cause you to lose yourself or lose your connection. Peace is not the absence of war. It's the answer to it. It's the solution for it.
It's not war or peace. That's not a choice. Peace is a choice. And peace is what resolves the conflicts. Because there has become such a wide misconception that peace requires the absence of something. There are also many amongst you who do not want peace or choose peace or believe in peace or think that peace is possible because that absence would be boring. Or that absence would create a drama-free existence. that doesn't seem to appeal or attract the hearts and minds of where many people are at. I can assure you, peace is not boring. Look within your cultures and be sure that this is taught to the young people, the children, the adolescents, and the young adults. Peace doesn't diminish the appealing drama of life the fun, the joy, or the pleasure. Peace is most certainly not boring. So why would so many believe this? I ask you this question. Why would so many believe that a peaceful life, a peaceful existence, peace in oneself and peace within the world would be a boring existence? When it's what all of you seek. When the eternal, infinite peace, joy, bliss Bliss is what you seek and what you all are seeking externally. It doesn't exist externally. So it must be sought from within, sourced from within, evoked from within. Evoking, drawing it out, not just invoking it and asking for peaceful energy to come in, but invoking it from the inside out. 
transcendent, transcendental peace that transcends all. Just as all of the virtues have their transcendental expressions, their transcendental experiences that you all can have with them. is a part of that bliss that you all seek and that you all seek to know. Is bliss boring? Is infinite, unending joy boring? So where does that idea, where does that belief and even notion arise from it arises from this misunderstanding that I'm speaking of this misunderstanding of the virtue itself the peace is the absence of something and it's not All of the virtues have the power to fill you. Not just leave you void and empty, even though there is an emptying process. Absolutely. A purification, a detachment, a surrendering, an emptying process that is absolutely an important part of spiritual life and of the spiritual journey. Even that releasing, cleansing, purifying, surrendering process, that, em- that emptying that is required doesn't leave a void. Because once you have emptied and released the ego, once you have emptied and released and surrendered all of your fear and your anger and your angry, your angry energy of frustration and irritation and the fearful energy of worry and anxiety, once you've released all that energy, you're not empty. And there will not be a void and there will not be an absence then that peace can exist. All that releasing and that surrendering ultimately does is move that which just obstructs that which is already there. As all shadow is created when light is obstructed, is not the absence or the void of light. Like a removing of the clouds covering the sun, the sun is still there, regardless of how thick or dense the clouds are. The spiritual art and practices of releasing, surrendering, moves the clouds to what is already there. That emptying 
is fulfilling. And there's a fullness that is there, a fullness of peace. That doesn't require the absence of anything that even can be there, known and felt, and uses the catalyst to help you with your detachment, to help you to release, to help you to know even more of it, to help you to clear away that which obstructs you. Because if you're working on clearing and surrendering, as it is best always to do at the time of the full moons, especially special full moons such as blue moons or eclipses, if you are releasing and surrendering and you do so in peace and from a place of peace and with peace in your heart, then it is only going to allow that to fill and expand even more. So feeling peace, allowing peace to be felt in your mind and your heart. Connecting with it, allowing it in and evoking it from within and then releasing and then surrendering and detaching. You'll be able to do it so much more easily and then there is even more peace filled And that peace is very much a part of unity consciousness. In my last message to this channel, when I was speaking about how important it is for you all to unite, it's not just for that time period, it is throughout this entire time period that you're going through, this entire emergence and this entire transformation that will even go beyond this emergence. is a time to come together and to unite, and the way to get there is through unity consciousness. I talked about and I described unity the virtue of unity as being the virtue that synergizes them all. That synergizes all of the other virtues because they all exist in unity. But if you're having a difficult time moving into that unity consciousness, experiencing that in your life, Focus on the other virtues first because unity consciousness will come as each one of them comes. Move into peace. Don't wait. Don't wait for something to be absent or void in your life before you choose peace, before you allow peace in your mind and your heart. Towards yourself and all that you choose in your relationships and put forth. As I've also revealed, 
The virtues do not work independently. They are all intertwined and interconnected. They are individual, yet indivisible, as is everything and everyone else. These energies, these divine qualities and traits, the divine powers for creation and co-creation are individual yet indivisible. Think about what it means when you say something or someone disturbed the peace. Did the peace cease to be? Did the peace cease to exist? The peace? No. The presence, the power of peace? No. Does the situation require that which you experience to disturb the peace to be removed? And I'm not saying do not remove the thing that you experience that with, if that is possible but that also may be necessary. But does it require it? No, because there are times where it is not possible. There are so many times where it's not possible to have the absence of that which you are experiencing as an energy that is disturbing that peace. Either because it's not your choice or because it may be coming from someone that you love and it could be coming from a relationship that you're dedicated and committed to. There's so many reasons why sometimes it is not possible to remove that energy that is disturbing in your experience, disturbing that peace. And so do you just conclude that you do not have peace or there just won't be peace? Many of you in your world at large with so many of the situations going on in the world, you feel powerless to remove the things that you experience as disturbing the peace. No, you don't have to wait. Just like you don't have to wait until everything is the way that you want it to be and think it should be. Everything is going according to your plan in order to be happy, in order to know any of the things that are the birthright of your soul. You do not have to wait 
until there is the void or the absence of that in order to be at peace and be in peace as you work towards the solution as you create with that energy and co-create with that energy out of resolve for there be resolution there has to be resolve peace is the energy that you can create that unity harmony with and yes this includes abundance how many have felt the stress of your finances and your financial situation disturbing your inner peace disturbing your peace do you have to wait until everything is solved or resolved within your finances and you have all of the money you could ever want or need before you can have that peace no the serving and creating and acting and doing and working and speaking and relating in the world from that place of peace within you radiating it from the inside out help you to solve and resolve any of those financial issues yes does it help you to create and co-create from the consciousness of prosperity and abundance which by the way I want to make also very very clear that true prosperity consciousness true abundance consciousness is unity consciousness it is not just a selfish thing selfish gain done with the purpose and the intention for selfish gain is not true abundance and long-term abundance and sustainable prosperity individual prosperity yes but it's all intertwined your economy proves this to you this is a whole other subject in and of itself So just look at how everything in your personal finances is intertwined with the collective greater whole of the whole economy it's just a manifestation your entire economy your entire economic system everything that you've manifested and created through your human co-creation through your financial systems that exist are just manifestations 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 of your own creation that you've created because of the way everything in the universe exists your economic systems are all intertwined and connected interconnected not by accident because everything is intertwined and interconnected and this is all part of the universal laws 
Do you need to continue to improve the way that your current operating models and your economic systems and your governing systems work? Absolutely. Again, that is a whole other message in and of itself. There is absolutely the need to continuously to improve your operating models and your operating systems that you've individually created for the way that you operate your own finances, for the way that you operate your own governing systems in your life and your own financial systems and governing systems in your world. And to move those more and more into holistic operating models. And by holistic, I am speaking of the true meaning of the word holism. Holism and holistic never, ever means to exclude. It is all-encompassing and all-inclusive. Holism is the whole, representative of the whole. The whole of all that is, the whole of creation. It is holism that is the operating model of the universe. It is holism that is the operating model of everything that is manifested in material form. And so moving your operating systems through creating and co-creating through the powers of the virtues peacefully and united in doing so. Moving those operating systems in your personal lives, in your collective world, into holism models so that you are not operating in models, that your systems aren't operating in models that are not the same as the operating system of the earth or the operating system of the universe and of the material nature of the universe. Holism isn't one or the other. It is always an and. One and the other. Because it's not exclusive. It's inclusive. And it will make everything more peaceful. Everything. As you begin to Bring more peace out, radiate more peace out, then our peace can manifest. As you bring through the virtues and more is done in the consciousness of unity. Unity isn't about creating sameness. Again, listen to what I have taught about it. Truly hear how everything and you all are individual and yet indivisible. That is holism. Individual and indivisible. I could literally, in multiple messages, 
go through each and every duality that you experience in your lives as there are dualities in your world everywhere. They exist throughout your body even and even in your sense organs. You have a left nostril and a right nostril. You have an upper lip and a lower lip. You have a left ear and a right ear. These are sense organs of which there is two, but they are one. You have a left hand and a right hand. Your ability to touch is a sense organ, to feel is a sense organ. They're individual, but they are indivisible because they are physical manifestations of the dualities existing in the nature of the natural world all around you. In fact, it is often because your senses can so easily perceive the dualities that you get so much into dualistic thinking and how that can lead to the worst manifestation, which is very much when peace obviously becomes a different experience for you all, when polarization takes place, when it's not just duality is coexisting and the harmonic coexistence that they are meant to coexist in, as they are simultaneously one and yet different, unique, like the particle and the wave I spoke of. It is so easy for your senses to fall, to be the thing that causes the polarization in your thinking, in your consciousness. And the ego, part of your mind, also very much falling into that polarization. But does holism cease to exist? Does it cease to be the operating model of the earth, of the planet, of nature all around you? Does it cease to be the operating model of your physical bodies? No. Does it cease to be the operating model of the universe in which you are physically manifest within, no. But it very much makes it hard for you when you are in that polarized thinking to operate within that holistic model. And you cannot create new holistic operating models and methods and systems in your own lives and in your governing systems and business systems and economic systems without peace, without unity consciousness.
without the other virtues that I've also been speaking of. Not just in this series, but throughout them all. And without really, really knowing and realizing what holism really is. What holistic truly means. Stop trying to exclude one another, judge one another. Exclude this or that. in your economic systems. A true model of holism has yet to be created. And your governing systems. It is yet to be created. Holism is not any of the current governing models or political models. You take perhaps the best, most enlightened elements of each and you unite and synergize them, then you're getting somewhere. Then you're getting somewhere. Some are much greater. And I could literally go through and list all businesses and companies and business models. Those also. There are some business models that are truly being designed in the model of holism that are truly holistic and there are many that are not. But it is emerging. It is emerging. And in your medical systems and your healthcare systems, holism has been growing and expanding and can still emerge so much more. But holism isn't excluding, as I have said. That which is holistic is not just to choose that which is naturopathic or allopathic. It is both. Both are part of the whole. All naturopathic, nature-based methods, modalities, medicines are part of the whole. All allopathic methods, modologies, methodologies, modalities, medicines are part of the whole. When there is an integrated synergy a true holism operated model, a true holistic operating model will emerge. Will you 
each serve a role in all that is emerging, yes. Exclude nothing. Stay open to all things and all possibilities. Does equality exist in the whole? Absolutely. Absolutely. All are equal. But equal does not mean same. There will be so much more peace outwardly flowing and manifesting and visible to all of you. When you reach these points where you are finally co-creating in harmony with the universal laws, the universal operating systems, And you can't get there overnight. But everything is quickening. Everything is accelerating. The energies are moving right now at such a rapid pace. It is very hard for all of you. Peace helps you integrate. Helps you move with that flow. Peace is flow. And so even if you feel like something is disturbing that flow, if you can clear and release, if something is necessary to be released, do so. But... One way or the other, go into peace. Find your peace. Find the peace within you. Let it flow. And then maybe you can release or you can transcend and you can still do everything that you need to do, even in the presence of it. Being at peace in the presence of the conflict. And the order in which it creates, no matter how much disorder that they may be. I not only know that all of this is possible for all of you, I know it is probable for all of you, or else I would not be speaking this message today, and I speak it from my heart. With all of my love and all of my devotion. And I activate the life peace in the way in which I am called from on high to do. Peace, dear ones. Peace.
be out of the message, let's just take a moment to say a sound prayer of thankfulness and appreciation for the message. And then we're going to finish with a praise chant, bringing it all full circle once again, completing the process the angels gave me that they want me to always use. So we're just going to do Adonai Elohim just by itself a few times here, just very quickly. Adonai Elohim, Adonai Elohim. Adonai Elohim, Adonai Elohim. And we're going to slowly bring ourselves up out of the meditation. I'm coming up out of the meditation. I'll share a few things with all of you. One is that a lot of times these messages make me very, I feel so much emotion. Um, lately there's been either tears or a tear in my eye. Today it's um, both my eyes, uh, tearful. Uh, as the message, I'd say definitely in the last quarter of the message was being brought through. And there's literally so much energy running through my body right now that I'm like vibrating almost feel like I'm trembling. Uh, it's a very, very high uh, vibration that he's transmitting through not just this vocal part, but again to all of us, very, very high frequencies. In fact, at one point, the frequencies were so high, I just felt the energies moving so fast and so rapidly and so quickly, but just being able to stay present to it. Um, I felt like uh, that piece that he was talking about and the way that he would, you know, every time he would use the word that he was like trying to take us into that. He wasn't just trying to describe it to us. He was trying to use the word to like, you know, anchor us in it or, you know, he was describing it obviously and teaching us things about it. But, you know, I felt energetically whenever he was using the word, he was trying to, you know, help us anchor it or, 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 or really, you know, vibrationally uh, get it and receive it. So um, it is a very sublime experience. Um, it's, I'd say, the difference between when he was talking about it being a blissful experience, there's to me the ecstatic experience of bliss and there's the sublime experience of bliss and the way I'm experiencing it right now is that very sublime experience of that bliss that's associated with the peace and that it can bring to us um, there's a lot I also heard many times him say many questions for us questions that sometimes he would then turn and answer but I felt like he wasn't just asking it so that he could answer it. <laughs> it's interesting. It's like he sometimes has his own questions. Um, 
but he was also asking us those questions to put more thought towards them. So as the when the podcast comes out, um, even going back in and listening to this message is something I plan on doing and I suggest doing actually for us to find those questions that he's posing um, to reflect more on them and to not just you know, reflect on his answer to them, but also, you know, oftentimes when the angels are asking us questions, they want us to ponder it more. They want us to reflect on it more, go go deeper um, into, you know, self-analysis, uh, not, not just analyzing it, though, but with our left brain, but just, you know, self-discovery, self-reflection, also a part of that, not just analysis. So I, I heard that many times, actually, several questions. I, it was one of the things that kind of like, okay, this is happening more than once. I'm, I'm tuning into that, you know, kind of, I don't even remember what they all were because it starts to fade pretty quickly. Um, but that really stood out to me. And... Um, yeah, and it, 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 there's also some very unique teachings here. What also stood out to me profoundly was when he was talking about uh, peace not being the absence of something and how we're misunderstanding uh, or misinterpreting um, the, the, the virtue in some ways. And I actually felt him during that time... Um, take me back to some of the things I felt like he you know while he was saying what he was saying he was also showing me and kind of taking me back to some of the things that he's taught about the virtue of patience um, for example it's like he's like 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 when I was teaching about the virtue of patience and um, you know the, one of the things that he's revealed previously about the virtue of patience is that you know, we have completely misinterpreted it to mean waiting, that uh, in order to be patient, we have to wait on something or wait for something. And he's just like, that is definitely not what it is. It has nothing to do with waiting. So it's, it was like that when he was trying to reframe this for us. He's like, look, there's some great misunderstandings here, uh, some, some, some things that have really been lost in your understanding and working with this virtue. You think it has to be the absence of something. So he was pointing me at those teachings that he gave on patience, he's like, like this, you know, like you've, you've confused patient to think or think it means that you have to wait on something. It has nothing to do with time. <laughs> so the, those are, I'm trying to remember if some of those teachings were in the podcast. I actually think he spoke about that last year, um, not in this series. But yeah, I think in the podcast, if you go back into some of the ones, um, they're all in sequence, so it would be uh, you know, back like six, seven episodes it would be the ones until last year. Actually, up on iTunes, the podcasts are all dated with the dates uh, that they were uploaded from. So in, into the 2020 messages, I think, is when he was speaking about the virtue of patience. What's not, that's not the only virtue. Though. I think there's even been some, if I'm trying to remember correctly, in this series that he's also said, you know, here's some misunderstandings or misinterpretations that you have about it. But this is pretty significant, um, very, very significant uh, that he's trying to say, uh, no, <laughs> this, this needs to be, we need to, we need to change this and correct this, uh, correct this. So, all right, I'm going to stop the recordings now. I think I shared everything that stood out to me or that came to me in addition to what was being said. And once I start the recordings, then I'll unmute everybody so we can all say goodbye and we're finished with for the evening. So let me just uh, turn these off.